Hey everybody, this is Armando Torres, and you're listening to the show before the show. And I'm Paige Wesley. And with us we have... Sushi! That is right, and it's not the way that you think it is. So, hop up into this episode we've got. It's a real doozy, and at times a real bummer. And you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and throw a trigger warning on there. Uh, for mentions of suicide and I guess self-harm maybe um, yeah so yeah if that if that is something that might upset you uh, just be aware of that I guess I don't I, 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 I just want to put it out there is what I'm saying um, it's and a, hey if you find yourself writing a multi-page manifesto for any reason yeah reach out reach out to people who can help yeah and maybe a, an editor also yeah uh, oh yeah for sure for <laughs> sure uh so yeah i mean it's a good episode it's a it's a real doozy of one as i've said previously and um i think we should uh go ahead and hop into it but before we do got a couple things to say first of all head down by mom's home new banger of a song go fucking listen to that it's on spotify apple it's on Bandcamp, baby that's my buddy Charlotte, friend of the show. Uh, Mom's home at McLotta on uh, on Instagram and, and Twitter, I believe. And uh, yeah, it is a killer track. I got to engineer it, mix and master it. That shit slaps, though. Uh, yeah, head down by Mom's home. Go check it out. Secondly, if you would like to help support the show, go to patreon.com slash cold podcast. Boom. That's the sound of new merch coming in. I mean, not new merch, but like printed merch coming <laughs> we in. We finally got the merch we've been waiting on for months. I fucking solved my supply chain issues and the fucking Yay! shirts are on their goddamn way to our yes. printer. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, we put a post in the Patreon. If you uh, have not gotten your code to get your uh, shirt, um, go ahead and comment over there. I, a couple of people are sending emails and, and sending DMs, and uh, I, just, I guarantee you the best way is just to put your comment on that Patreon post because it's fucking there. I can see it, and then I can message you on Patreon. It is the easiest way to put it together. Uh, and Patreon, I fucking hope at one point you make it easier to do this because it is. Oh, I know. Their messaging system is terrible. Fucking nightmare, my guy. So yeah. uh, patreon.com slash cult podcast. If you're waiting on your uh, your rewards, please go over there and check us out. Uh, if you've already sent yours in and you ordered yours. Hey, that's just on the way, baby. So, uh, yeah, patreon.com slash cult podcast. We love you. Thank you for supporting us. Um, I don't think we have anything else head down by mom's home yeah banger of a track uh if you're in northern california roast battle on august 11th in sacramento at the punchline you get tickets at the punchline's website uh, or check out my social media if you want more info that's the one chance to get me to get to see me roast live in northern california hell yeah i wish i could go um yeah go to that that's gonna be a blast we love you we're gonna have a good time let's get into this episode Hello. Hello. Sushi. Yum. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. 
purposes of this podcast, we define a cult as organizations that rally behind an entity or leader who espouse beliefs outside the norm. Organizations that require physical or monetary sacrifice as a condition of membership. Organizations in which the doctrines followed by the leaders are different than that of the followers. Organizations in which isolation is encouraged either by commune living or by a policy of disconnection from outside relationships. And organizations that actively recruit new members. All cults might have some or all of these traits. And as always, these are our opinions. Thank you for tuning into Cult Podcast. I'm Paige Wesley. And I'm Armando Torres. And with us we have a breaking whole, news. A whole lot of breaking sad news, everybody. <laughs> um, look, this one's a doozy. And I have been, uh, people have been sending it to us. People have been asking about it. And uh, so we're finally going to cover it. And oh boy, is it deeper and darker than I could have possibly imagined. Oh no. Uh, yeah. So let's, you know what? Let's just hop into it. Let's hop right into it. We spent like half an hour talking about France last time. Let's dive directly <laughs> into Japan this time. Absolutely. On July 8th, 2022, Shinzo Abe was delivering a campaign. <laughs> All right. Fuck that up. <laughs> That's more like, like, that's how ludicrous would think of a campaign. Champagne for my campaign. Red dick of a just roll out like campaign. Oh, see, I yeah, campaign. That's what I call it when my dick's running for president. Um, <laughs> which has happened before. Anyway, on July 8th, 2022, Shinzo Abe was delivering a campaign speech at a railway station in the Nara prefecture of Japan. The former Japanese prime minister was urging his supporters to back a fellow party member in their upcoming election. Around 11.30 a.m. in the middle of his speech, an assassin approached from behind and used a homemade gun to shoot at the politician twice. Shinzo was rushed to a nearby hospital but was pronounced dead just five hours later. The killer was detained without resistance, the country went into a state of panic, and everyone had one big burning question why the fuck did this happen and like most of the stories we cover on cult podcast it is so much weirder and stupider than you could have possibly thought yes oh mm -hmm. man yeah when this happened which was just last month by the way like yeah did you see the video i did i did yeah. watch the video it is i don't recommend it but no it it would be one month uh the day that this comes out to to tomorrow which is the 8th uh because mm -hmm. it happened on july 8th which is just like holy shit and i remember seeing it um you know on like reddit and twitter and people like linking it to china and all these other things and so i i kind of wanted to get into it and see um why this happened so Shinzo Abe was the first former prime minister to be assassinated since 1936. He was the first Japanese legislator to be killed since 2002. And he was the first Japanese politician to be murdered during an election campaign since 2007. What I'm saying is that assassinations are rare in Japan, but they're not totally unthinkable for lack of a better term. Yeah, because like 2002, 2007 are like not that far away year wise. No, like no. that's, 
you know, that it doesn't happen that often in America even. <laughs> and there's well, a lot more of us. So you'd think that, right? And then I yeah. Googled, first of all, I Googled list of assassinated U.S. politicians, which for sure put Love me it. on a list. Love it. Yeah. Especially because basically today, some FBI agent has been like, so um, this guy went to France came back with frosted tips so you know they got to him and then that bleach he, is addling his brain and then he googled u.s politicians who have been assassinated and typed the word homemade gun into a google doc can i tell you why i think i've been on a list recently because Absolutely. i started following john hinckley on twitter and uh <laughs> If you're not familiar with who John Hinckley is, he's the guy who tried to assassinate Reagan. And like, boy, do we wish he would have succeeded. <sighs> um, but now, so he has has been in prison. And, and actually, I should clarify, he tried to assassinate Reagan to impress Jodie Foster, which like, don't we all want to? Mm-hmm. Like, it's Jodie Foster. Uh, but like, he tweeted just the other day, and I retweeted it because I couldn't stop laughing. Uh, I'm pulling it up so I have the official wording. Of course, it's like buried under weird stuff. Uh, But he tweeted something to the effect of, I just want peace and love for everyone. And I couldn't stop. And here's why I started following him was because our friends, Keith and Tom, bought one of his paintings because he's now a painter Mm. slash musician. Yeah. And boy, is that painting terrifying. And boy, do I want one for my house. And so (laughs) that's yeah. But I'm pretty sure that by me consistently retweeting John Hinckley, the FBI is like, we got to watch her, right? <laughs> like, Oh, absolutely. Can't be trusted. <laughs> Just going to do a quick Google search. Is Jodie Foster married? I believe she plays for the other team, sir. Oh, oh so you're going to have to try harder is what I'm saying. No. Mm. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, yeah, what my point was is that, uh, if you Google, because I'm not going to read them out loud, but if you Google U.S. assassinated politicians, it happens a lot more frequently than you think. I think the most recent one was like 2015. Um, so yeah, that is more recent than I thought. The the more I thought about it, the more I was like, I bet people who are like low running for like lower level elections get assassinated all the time and we just never hear about it. Yeah, I mean, I'm scared as a mayoral candidate right now. <laughs> that's right. Uh, that's right. A write-in mayoral candidate for yeah. our great c- city of Los Angeles. And I got to say, if it happens, look into the parking enforcement, okay? Ask yeah, the questions. they did it. Mm-hmm. Fucking Where's all that ticket money going, huh? <laughs> huh? I thought it huh? was interesting that it wasn't a bullet they shot me with, but a quarter. Did you, did you find that <laughs> interesting? Hmm. <laughs> These bulletproof vests can't stand quarters at that velocity. (laughs) Also, it was just a bunch of phone books that we duct taped to Armando's chest. (laughs) Yeah, we have. Where uh, did we find phone books? That's a mystery. You should look into it. They put a fucking ticket on the uh, on the casket before it went in. They gave me one last red stripe. That'll be $62, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So, as you might have thought, all of those politicians that I previously mentioned, all three of those previous incidents, um, they were political. In 1936, that was uh, a killing that was an attempted coup. In 2002, that murder was carried out by a member of a right-wing, very conservative group. 
and the 2007 shooting uh, was committed by a rogue Yakuza gangster who was upset that his construction company didn't receive a city contract. What? Okay, fuck the rest of this episode. What happened there? <laughs> yeah, also, and it, that wasn't his only motivation, by the way. He also, I think he ran his car into a pothole and tried to get the city to reimburse it, and they said no. And he was like, well, gotta murder then. I, that sounds unhinged, unless yeah. you've played the Yakuza video games, in which case, <laughs> that sounds like exactly something they would do. Well, here's the thing. These games are like, run a small business. Here's the thing that makes it even worse, is he was like, he went to the Yakuza bosses and was like, I want to murder this guy. And they were like, no, dude. And he was like, still going to murder that guy, though. Yeah. Fuck y'all. I'm Koro Majima. Try and stop me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just <laughs> fucking went for it so <laughs> naturally japanese law enforcement assumed that the assassination was politically motivated and it is fair to say that that was a safe assumption and i'm not necessarily trying to speak ill of the dead here but there were a lot of reasons why someone would be upset with shinzo abe now before we go any further i want to put a big old disclaimer on this episode first and foremost there's never a good reason to kill anyone, all right? I'm just going to go out and say, how could he be so brave to say something so real that murder is not good? Uh, at no point will I be justifying a murder. I am just giving you facts about why people suspected a political motive, and that is it, okay? That's it. Don't murder people. Murder is wrong unless the city won't reimburse you for your car falling into a pothole right, that right. i yeah. sort of get who wouldn't at that point what 10 commandments <laughs> how about how about these tin commandments as in the tin of my car i don't know if cars are made of tin I i'm not a car person so. i don't probably think not so. secondly you forgot about the 11th commandment thou shalt repave regularly <laughs> Secondly, I'll be going over some Japanese political issues very briefly in this episode, and I am nowhere close to an expert, okay? Remember that this info is being spouted by a grown man with frosted tips, okay? <laughs> I'm, it's not like, you're, this isn't like the end-all be-all source for knowledge, okay? I would, just to give you a little a sneak peek into the life of Armando Torres, um, on Friday night, I did a show and then I got super drunk and then I took a lift back to my place and then I smoked a joint and then I ordered Denny's and then I fell asleep and then woke up in the morning and went, oh, my Denny's. And then I still ate the Denny's. Okay. That's like the level of adult that you're dealing with. So had you at least already brought it inside or did you open your front door and the Denny's was still on your porch? I opened my front door, stepped on mozzarella sticks <laughs> and went, I'm still going to eat these mozzarella sticks. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying what kind of food it was. I think you're probably safe with mozzarella sticks, but if you'd been like, oh, my omelet, it would have been like, bro, <laughs> you've got like T minus an hour before you start diarrheaing your entire life into the toilet. Yeah, toilet. there was, um, I also ordered a, a so I ordered a, a, a starter platter that came with like four different things, Hell one yeah. of which was curly fries. And I... I ate an embarrassing amount before I was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> their fries are really good. Their I fries like are their really fries. good fresh, but they're not really good sitting outside of an apartment for 10 hours. I mean, I've never done that, so. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> I'm usually sitting in front of my Denny's when I eat it. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. 
So those are my two disclaimers. Don't murder. Murder is bad. I'm not defending a murderer. And also, I'm a fucking idiot. Okay, so let's just get into this. Also, eat your Denny's fries fresh. Yeah, actually, I rearrange it. Eat Denny's fresh, then don't murder. And in that order. So you, right. you can murder if it will allow you to eat your Denny's fresher, is what right. I'm saying. Like if somebody is at the Denny's trying to kill you with a machete, which would prevent you from eating your fries fresh, then, mm-hmm. you know, self-defense. No, I go a step further. If somebody's going to order before you, kill them. Get your fries sooner. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what and that's and that's what I bring to the table when I run for mayor. <laughs> Oh, I actually other people eating with you. I I did. Somebody did ask me for an example of one of my policies. And uh, I I'm trying to introduce a bill that will in Los Angeles require all parents of children uh, under the age of 15 to check their children like luggage. Like you have to put children (laughs) underneath the plane. And I have received a surprising amount of of approval for this idea. That just shows that you have traveled too much because (laughs) you you and I have been on too many planes this summer because by my 15th flight in three weeks or whatever it was, as I was flying to like fucking Portland, I was fully sitting there like, why does your baby need to go to Portland? <laughs> just like, probably to see family or something. But I'm just like this fucking baby. No, fuck you. Fuck your baby. You don't get to go. You don't get to have fun. You're a goddamn parent now. So, I'm sure the parents didn't have many other options no, for their baby to no, go to Portland, no. and maybe they needed to. Maybe that baby had an important meeting that it had to get to in Portland, Oregon. Paige, you were sitting in front of Boss Baby. That was I know. the Boss Baby. I tried to pitch him Colt Podcast as like a business, and he cried the whole time. <laughs> yeah. He shit himself, which I think is a good sign. Yeah, um, maybe. So We call those deliverables. <laughs> So Shinzo Abe was born in Tokyo on September 21st, 1954, to a very prominent political family. His father served in the House of Representatives for 33 years, and before that, he had volunteered to be a kamikaze pilot in World War II, but missed out because the war ended before his training did. Um, Which has got to be kind of like a mixed bag of emotions, right? Yeah, because on one hand, you're just like, Oh, no, I didn't get to die for my country. You mean I get to live for my country? All right. All right. Cool. Oh, Oh, sucks. Oh, no. So his father's father, his paternal grandfather, was also a member of the House of Representatives, as well as a former mayor. Shinzo's paternal grandfather was uh, a pacifist who opposed World War II and tried to use his political power to oust the militaristic government and end the war. So actually, kind of a cool guy um, who then did birth a son who wanted to uh, crash a plane into other people. So, uh, you know, Mm. whatever. Both of these family members are extremely impressive, but neither of them were Shinzo's favorite ancestor. That title was held by his maternal grandfather, who I am, I cannot, I, I'm, first of all, I think I'm butchering every name that I've said so far, but secondly, I couldn't even attempt to pronounce the first name, so I'm just calling uh, the maternal grandfather Grandpa Kishi, um, also known as the former Prime Minister of Japan and a suspected Class A war criminal. <laughs> Whoa, what? 
Yeah, before becoming prime minister, Grandpa Kishi was known as, quote, the monster of the Shawa era. <laughs> Holy shit. Wait, was he one of the dudes that had... So, I guess side tangent, Japan had um, war criminal camps, much mm-hmm. like every country in World War II had, uh, but Japan's war criminal camps were notably brutal. Like, the torture is mind-numbingly terrible. Like... It is horrifying to hear about it. Is that his doing? Is that the guy? No, 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 no. He okay. was he was an exploitative ruler of the Manchukoko puppet state in northeast China. Again, okay, real okay, sorry okay. for fucking fucking up all of these words. Basically, he just uh, ruled a shadow government in northeast China and then subjected a bunch of people to slavery in order for um, the betterment of Japan as a nation. Mm, yeah mm, okay okay still bad still very bad still very 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 bad after world war ii ended he was arrested and imprisoned for three years uh before being released because the united states thought that he was the best candidate to stop the socialists from rising to power which will go to show you that in throughout history america will do anything to make sure that communists and socialists don't do anything including Putting a fucking war criminal in charge of the country. Oh, us. Oh. Uh, we, oh, man. That, that, those few decades where we were just installing people to fight what we thought was, like, the big communist bad, boy, did we, up like, upset a lot of apple carts. Oh, <laughs> like, We created a lot of monsters. <laughs> so when I say Shinzo belonged to a prominent family, I mean fucking prominent, Okay. Shinzo Abe graduated from one of the uh, top universities in Japan and also briefly attended USC here in the States. Um, I couldn't find much more information on that other than he took some like history and English courses and then moved back to Japan. After that, he joined the leading political party in Japan, the Liberal Democratic Party. Um, but despite what that name might mean here in America, the LDP is actually a staunchly conservative party associated pretty frequently with Japanese nationalism. Um, also, it's worth noting that Grandpa Kishi was instrumental in the group's founding and that Shinzo's great uncle, who was also a prime minister, uh, was the group's leader for over a decade. Not sure if it's related or not, but Shinzo did pretty well in the LDP. Um, And then he was elected to the House of Representatives in 1993 and then became the party's president in 2005, which led him to taking the seat of prime minister in 2006, which made him the youngest post-war prime minister and the first one to be born after World War II although he resigned a year later due to health concerns um he had some health issues and was like you know what i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna step aside and kind of take care of my shit which he did by the way he got healthy uh and then he recovered and staged an unprecedented and completely unexpected political comeback where he beat a former minister of defense or defense minister and then won the seat of prime minister back in 2012 where he served uh, for eight years, making him the longest serving prime minister in J- Japanese history. Um, so let's go over a few of Shinzo's political beliefs. First off, the LDP, a.k.a. the Liberal Democratic Party, 
is kind of a catch-all party for Japanese conservatives. Um, most of the party falls center-right or are vaguely moderate on their political spectrum, and there isn't really a unified political philosophy that is shared by all of its members. Instead, it's mostly built up of different factions that all share, I guess what you would call like the same building blocks in their ideologies. Uh, and the faction that Shinzo Abe be belonged to was called uh, Nippon Kaigi, which is an ultra-nationalist far-right branch of the LDP that has been described by some as, quote, the carriers of the legacy of Japanese fascism. Oh, yikes. Yeah. Author Tamutsu Sugano, the leading writer on the group, described them as a movement intent on turning back sexual equality, restoring patriarchal values, and returning Japan to a pre-war constitution that is neither democratic nor modern, end quote. Wow, okay. Yeah, a few of their main objectives include creating world peace by strengthening their military, uh, creating education that fosters a strong embrace of the Japanese identity and rewriting the Japanese constitution to get rid of article nine, which is a U.S. implemented law that states that Japan will never, ever declare war on anyone ever again. To sum it up, make Japan great again is kind of like mm. their slogan, so to speak. Now, obviously, look, the fucking Article 9 shit is complicated, okay? It's it's a weird issue, because on one hand, I get why, like, if you're a strong world power, it would be sort of embarrassing to have a law that wasn't written by your own legislators. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, it, it, it sucks. It sucks that you don't get to make your own laws in some respects. However, you also gotta take a look at who's saying this shit, because Shinzo's grandfather and the man that he publicly called his number one role model was nicknamed the monster of the Showa era and was constantly urging to rebuild the military and repeal Article 9, even though that it, it had only been a few years since World War II. Okay, like, right, right, right after World War II, he was like, but what if we kind of but but what if we start a couple wars though? Hmm? Mm -hmm, but what if mm -hmm. but what if we just just a little war? How about that? Right. So that's where Shinzo is getting his motives from. Um additionally, Shinzo could be described as a bit of a revisionist. Um I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, but Shinzo called for the altering of textbooks to focus on Japan's role as the victims during World War II, which they were. But um, he also insisted that comfort women should be referred to as, quote, paid prostitutes, and insisted that the rape of Nanking was, quote, a bit of an exaggeration. Oh, no, that's not good. Yeah, and that's when he admitted that those things happened, because for the most part, he just straight up denied both of them as not happening. He denied the rape of Nanking, and he denied the use of comfort women completely until, like, very late in the game. Uh, he also insisted that his grandfather never ran a puppet state in northern China and said that claims that the Japanese forced the Chinese into slave labor was a total fabrication and a lie. Um, here's just a highlight reel of some other regrettable things that Shinzo Abe did or believed in. Uh, in 2006, he hired paid actors to attend town hall meetings, uh, and ask only favorable questions to make LDP members look more competent. 
uh, in 2012, almost immediately after becoming prime minister again, he visited a shrine honoring the spirits of those lost in the war. However, the shrine also honored several Class A war criminals that uh, had been convicted in a military tribunal. In 2013, Ooh. he posed for a picture in the cockpit of a Kawasaki T-4 military training aircraft that was named after the infamous Imperial Japanese Army Unit 731 that conducted lethal chemical and biological experiments on live prisoners of war during World War II. Yeah, Unit 731 is that prison where a lot of that shit happened. Just, ooh, it's, it's like Mengele levels of bad. Yeah. It's real bad. It fucking sucks. In 2019, because of Shinzo's constant pushing to do so, Japan resumed whaling for the first time in 31 years. And this makes everyone mad. This is like some supervillain shit, dog. Like, that's the one thing that everyone was like, yeah, maybe we don't do that. <sighs> Shinzo Abe was often referred to as the Shadow Shogun, which honestly kicks ass as a nickname. That is a kick-ass name. After his death, Japanologist Michael Green described him as the most consequential modern Japanese leader and that, and then argued that Japan's future appears to be a direct manifestation of Shinzo's vision. He is for sure one of Japan's most polarizing figures. He is beloved by many, but also heavily criticized for his views on denialism, the intimidation of the media, stoking anti-Korean sentiments, and even his open methods for preventing anyone critical of his policies from ever holding power in Japan. Uh, so you could say it was definitely a bit of a mixed record for Shinzo Abe. None of these things, however, motivated the man that killed Shinzo Abe. To figure out why someone decided to murder one of the most influential men in Japanese history, we have to take a closer look at the assassin, a man named Tetsuya Yamagami. Tetsuya was born on September 10th, 1980 in the Mia prefecture of Japan. He is described as being kind of a quiet, reserved loner. In his graduation yearbook, his senior quote was, I don't have a clue what I want to do in the future. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that true of most people, though? Yeah, dog. Same here, <laughs> dude. Unfortunately, um, he wouldn't have much of a choice because his life was basically one tragedy after another. Uh, when he was born, his parents were the affluent owners of a local construction business. However, all of that changed when Tetsuya was only four years old. His father died by suicide, and the company was turned over to his maternal grandfather. Feeling distraught and profoundly sad over her loss, Tetsuya's mother looked to religion to make herself feel better. And that is when she found a group of zealots that went by the name of the Unification Church, a.k.a the moonies of course it fucking did enter the moonies <sighs> tetsuya's mom joined the group around 1991 and immediately fell under the spell of the group's leader sun myung moon now if you don't remember or haven't heard our series on the moonies i highly recommend going back and checking them out it is a three-part series starting with episode 62 
Um, the name of that episode, by the way, is Penis Colada, and I don't remember the bit behind it, but I do stand I by the joke. I don't why either, but like that sounds great. <laughs> I, that sounds like us, for sure. Some, yeah, peak cult podcast humor in in that. Um, I, again, highly recommend going and checking that out. It's a three-part series. It's fucking wild, but I will give you a little recap here. The Moonies were and are are the devoted followers of Sun Myung Moon, a smelly, big-headed con man from Korea who failed upwards into becoming a literal Korean Jesus. And couldn't wear hats. Couldn't wear hats. I... <laughs> Can't I break in hats. I looked through uh, the, the documents that I had for the Moonies and uh, I just remembered all of the bullshit that, he's, that he said. Uh, I, I just, again, go listen to that series. But here's a couple of choice quotes of Sun Myung Moon about his own self. Quote, if I started crying, I kept on crying, even for more than an hour. My nickname was the All Day Crying Baby. <laughs> the all day crying baby get off this plane to portland all day crying baby i went to a hat factory and ordered a hat twice but it was still too small and i had to rip it up to make it fit i have a big head that's because i have many brain cells many many brain cells so many brain cells the lids at the mall cannot contain it <laughs> and here's my favorite one um there aren't any animals i haven't captured Oh, no, that's not right. I never caught a tiger. Uh, like, that's the only one. Have you yeah. caught Bigfoot? Have you caught fucking Bigfoot, Sung Myung Moon? No. Then don't think come so. to me. What I about didn't Nessie? I fucking think so. Moon. Moon. You bitch. Bitch. <laughs> I just finished my playthrough of Horizon Forbidden West, and you know what? I killed that evil robot bat. Robot bat. Robot bat. bot. Anyway, robot. I killed all the animals and it took me a fucking while. And those aren't even real. So, like, I fail to believe that he has been to every continent and captured every animal. Yeah, he's a fucking idiot. Um, followers of Sun Myung Moon believe that he is the second coming of Christ and that Korea will soon become the next Jerusalem, a holy land fit for all of humanity. Um, Sun Myung Moon started out as a peddler of a hodgepodge religion. Basically, he hung out with other Korean cult leaders, stole their beliefs, mixed them with his own interpretations of the Bible, and then sort of let that be his thing. Uh, although he was a big proponent of a practice that he called blood cleansing. Um, basically, Eve eating the forbidden fruit was a metaphor for her cheating on Adam with a literal snake. And that means that all women are inherently sinners that just continue to breed further generations of sinners. Which, honestly, Paige, you're shaking your head yes because you agree. And I get that. Uh, more that this is going to come up in our next series as well in a way weirder way. But, yes. Yeah. yeah. It's... God, I remember how upset this made me. Uh, um, <laughs> I Again, I went back to look at the other episodes just so I can see what they were. And... As the episodes go on, the descriptions just get angrier and angrier. Like, the third one is like, dude, fuck this guy, okay? I'm fucking done. I mean, I'm just here to say that I don't even believe he could do a first coming, let alone a second coming. That hey, dude's never yo. made anyone come. Up top. Up top. Bam. Sex jokes. Big heads. <laughs> fuck this guy. So, basically, all women are sinners, but... 
if you let Moon stick his slimy serpent in you, then you were cleansed and would only give birth to sinless children. So gross. Yeah. So gross. If it sounds disgusting and predatory, it's because it is. Disgusting uh, and predatory, yeah. Sun Young Moon. And not the fun kind of predator that has laser sight and claws and yeah. like vagina face. That's Ladies, the cool predator. You ever been you ever been out to a bar and a man come up to you and he goes You ever meet a dude at a bar and think if he bleeds he can die? Predator. <laughs> He's a predator. Ladies, you ever have to get away from your ex-boyfriend so you cover yourself in cold mud and realize that he has heat-seeking vision? But then you're ready to kill him with a bunch of logs that you sharpened, so you run around the apartment going, I'm here! I'm here! Come get me, I'm here! <laughs> Ladies, he's a predator. <laughs> this is the dumbest bit, and my only regret is that Blaine is not here for it. Oh, I know. Ladies! <laughs> Do your ex-boyfriend ever get tired of hunting inferior animals so he creates the aliens from the movie Aliens? Ladies, does your boyfriend go to different planets to get his claws wet? Ladies. (laughs) Ladies, he might be a predator. Um, Yeah, Sun Myung Moon, unlike Predator, was a bad predator. Uh, And he was arrested many times for brainwashing and tricking different questionably aged women into having sex with him. Uh, But eventually, he sidelined those beliefs and focused on the bigger picture religious stuff. His philosophy is pretty much exactly Christianity, although there are a few key differences. For example, becoming one with God and Jesus means not caring for your earthly possessions, which is common, right? Not of this world, right? We've all seen those stickers on the back of big old Ford F-150s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not of this world. That's why I have a Ford F-150. <laughs> exactly. The F stands for for Jesus. <laughs> I was going to say the F stands for forever, like, but I think it's more a case of like your earthly possessions don't matter. And so if I run over them with this F-150, it's because Absolutely. you were a materialist asshole and I'm actually holy. I, as soon as I was like recounting this, I just got the perfect image of a Ford F-150 blacked out windows, murdered out, you know, all yeah, fucking oh, black yeah, yeah, yeah. and a fucking not of this world, the chicken scratch writing next to a POD sticker. Of course, of course, of course. Mm. With Predator just like leaning out the window like, what's up? <laughs> I'm not of this world. I will murk all of you. Peep this oh. F-150. <laughs> peak hunting technology however in moon's case the messiah was alive and well and he needed your earthly possessions to succeed on his mission of saving humanity which is why his brainwashed followers would gladly accept being bled dry financially um they also have a ton of other bizarre practices most famously their mass weddings or blessing ceremonies uh, where Sun Myung Moon would preside over hundreds, and then after the invention of the internet, thousands <laughs> of yep. weddings all at once. Which so. is so weird. It's so weird. It's so bizarre. And you can see videos of them happening. They're really fucking, uh, I don't know. It's just like a bunch of people all dressed in like a tux and a wedding dress, and they're all getting married. And they usually um, don't know each other. They're like matched up within like days of it happening. Yeah. They apparently in modern times, I was reading some like Reddit threads of former Moonies 
And in modern times, it seems like they they do know each other more, but mostly probably because Moonies tend to hang out with other Moonies. So then Moonie children end up dating each other. Um, I read one Reddit thread where somebody was like me and my wife got married and we were, you know, dating and love each other and we're probably going to get married anyway. And it was the only way that we could appease our parents. Uh, But now we also still don't believe in the church. So, Mm, mm, okay. And it is insane, by the way, how far reaching Moon's influence was. By the time he passed, he was a billionaire several times over with ties to right-wing organizations all over the world. He was also the owner of several publications, including the Washington Times, and a business leader with close ties to several drug cartels and foreign intelligence agencies. Here's a fun fact for you. If you have ever eaten sushi in the United States, it is almost guaranteed that you have supported the Moonies. I have not. <laughs> Do you not like sushi? I, I don't like seafood in general. And so I have attempted to eat sushi before and never successfully finished any sushi. <laughs> so I am innocent in this regard. It's it's because the brininess of the nori really gets to me. Um, mm. It's not the meat so much as the... Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. Sorry. It's just the, the phrase I've attempted but never succeeded. <laughs> yes. It's such a You're weird... Welcome. Uh, way to phrase that like I've 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 attempted to sushi many times <laughs> yeah I have tried to sushi many many times I understand why other people like it and mm-hmm. like it's one, also one of those things that, like I hear about some different sushi rolls and I'm like I could probably eat that I don't know but then it's it's never the thing I choose so like whenever Jake and I we do this thing where we order separate things mm-hmm. like we'll have a takeout night but we each order separately from our phones he'll mm-hmm. usually order sushi and I order something else. But yeah. That's actually a really killer idea because then it's like well which one of our restaurants is going to get here first? <laughs> like you've got Jorge who's going to bring you McDonald's and I've got the Predator who is flying here in his spaceship his yep. Ford F150 with uh, sushi in tow. The amount of times that people have arrived at our house at the same time is hilarious. And because I, they both get to the door and they're very confused. And I do make them battle to the death. I yeah, do yeah, yeah. I do only have one tip amount. Who got here first? The the other one we beat to death with a shoe. Like, yeah, no, they just <laughs> Yeah, so uh just uh, just to uh, to finish this out, the Unification Church apparently owns True World Foods, which is the largest supplier of sushi grade fish to the US market. Um they also own a fuck ton of other businesses. Like he is dipping into everything, but that is one of the farthest reaching ones. Like that's a fucking crazy fact. If you've ever eaten sushi in America, you've given money to the Moonies. That's that is fucking wild. insane. Wild. That's crazy. Because I'm sure, even though I have not, I'm not a sushi person. I'm sure I've eaten something that that company oh, has yeah. provided. Like, because I do eat, I, I do eat Asian food in general. I just don't happen to particularly do sushi. So like, yeah, hundred percent. They also yeah. like they have their fucking hands in uh, uh, supply chain stuff for food and in restaurants. So yeah, hundred percent. Uh, so Dang. during her time in the Unification Church, Tetsuya's mother had given the church about 100 million yen, which is the equivalent to $720,000 US. Damn. 
She also willingly signed over a parcel of land that she had inherited from her father, as well as Tetsuya's childhood home. She was forced to declare bankruptcy in 2002, after which she continued to donate to the church regularly. Damn. Brutal. Because of his family's newfound financial struggles, Tetsuya was forced to drop out of university and joined the Japan Maritime Self-Defense Force. He served for three years before being discharged in 2005 as a quartermaster with the rank of leading seaman. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've discharged some leading seamen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, baby! Can I... Can I tell you, this just makes me feel a lot better about something that's in the next episode that we're taping, because we're taping, peek behind the curtain, we're taping two episodes today, because there was something that I read that similarly where I was like, I'm pretty sure this means something different, but it reads pretty funny, (laughs) and I left it in, so now I feel pretty vindicated. (laughs) Well, if you're discharging some leading semen, you definitely don't want to leave it in, Paige, because of that. No, no. Is how you Mm-mm. get terrible children that you then have to check under the airplane because I don't want them sitting with me, goddammit. <laughs> I would pay extra for child free flights. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like let the people with kids fly and they get to pay less, and I will actively pay more to not fly with children. Like I'm fully willing. <laughs> I can't remember which podcast I said it on, but I called for like adults only day at uh, amusement parks. That's all oh, I want. Would love. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's the well. It depends on the amusement park because I've taken my godson to Disneyland, and watching a kid enjoy Disneyland is incredibly fun. Because like you don't rush to do a ton of the rides; you really only manage to get on like three or four things. Like you have to release your adult desire to like get on as much stuff as possible at Disneyland. But you just watch a kid be like, "Holy shit!" and just watch their mind get blown. That's pretty awesome. Nah, fuck them. Um, fuck them all. They suck. <laughs> Children suck, <laughs> and I want to. I want to go to Star Wars Land and get fucking crunk. Here's the thing: I do want like all adults day at Star Wars Land could be pretty fucking rad. Yeah, that's what that's here. That's what I'm saying is so. When I went to VidCon, uh, they had the they had the Spotify after party at uh, California Adventure, um, mm-hmm. which, by the way, was not on the list for that at all. And we sh- we showed up to like the thing uh, essentially trying to get in and uh we got to the point where they're like checking you in and they're like looking at a list and they're like uh so what's your what's your name and i was like um drake uh you may have heard of me and they they were just kind of like okay last name and i was like um like and subscribe please uh it's a it's a family name and then uh, that didn't work. They asked, like, do you have a Spotify contact? And I was like, yeah, Beyonce. And then they got mad at me and walked away. Uh, oh. But then somebody else who was in our group who's like, uh, 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 I, uh, what would you call it? Like a corporate person? Like a higher up? Uh, uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They basically talked to them and got us in. And so we got to go to California Adventure at night after the park closed. No children. Uh, oh. Free booze, by the way. Just uh, everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I got so fucking lit. I rode the Incredicoaster. Uh, a guy threw up in it, and it wasn't me. And 
it, yeah, it was real gross. Basically, like the car came and then we got into the car and then somebody came over and told us, hey, you got to get out of the car. Uh, and it was because a man vomited. And one of the people in our party was at the front where the guy vomited. And apparently when the car came around, everyone got out and he just stood there with his arms up frozen and the people came over to like help him out and he just started shouting don't look at me don't look at me oh no because he had because he had made a mess on himself oh no yeah. oh man that's not good no but it is probably the funniest thing you could yell after puking on yourself is don't look at me <laughs> don't look at me don't, don't look, look at me, me. What what what's worse? Don't look at me or look in my eyes. Look me right in the eyes. <laughs> Actually, I think that's better. Is vomiting over yourself, getting back to him, being look at me, look at me, look at me. Uh, so yeah, basically, child-free amusement park day sounds like a blast. Now let's get back into everything being the worst. Um, mm-hmm. no longer being able to provide for his family after he was discharged, Tatsuya was um heartbroken to see that things had gotten worse. Tatsuya's mother and siblings were no longer able to afford food or to pay their bills. And to make matters worse, his older brother was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, it was around this time that Tatsuya attempted suicide in the hopes that his life insurance policy would help provide for his family. Fortunately, he survived. However, uh, a few years later, his brother died from suicide, believing that not having to fight cancer would ease his family's financial strain. Yikes. Yeah, like I said, this story is a real fucking tragedy. It is really, really bad. But what does any of this have to do with Shinzo Abe? Well, the Abe family has long held ties with Sun Young Moon and the Unification Church. It turns out that Grandpa Kishi, aka the monster of the Shawa era, was pretty fucking instrumental in the group's growing presence in Japan. During his time as prime minister, Kishi became close with the former fascist war criminal turned Mooney advisor, Ryoichi Sasakawa. Ryoichi founded the Japanese branch of the Unification Church and then set up the group's political wing. And when your best friend is the fucking prime minister of Japan, it's pretty easy to infiltrate the upper crust of ruling conservatives. Mm-hmm. Grandpa Kishi was a devout member. And in fact, the group's Japanese headquarters were built across the street from his house on land that he had donated to the church. Dang. Shinzo's great uncle, you know, that other prime minister that I talked about and the early Mm -hmm. leader of the LDP, he also became a member of the church and regularly utilized the Moonies as campaign workers. Since then, the Abe family has greatly benefited from the semi-secret ties that it has held with the Moonies. Shinzo's father, his father's father, and he himself have all owed their massive support to the Unification Church. They've accepted the free labor, they accepted the votes, they accepted countless campaign donations, and they've all been paid speakers at church events. After one such event in 2021, Shinzo was quoted as saying, quote, The image of the great father crossing his arms and smiling gave me goosebumps. 
I still respectably remember the sincerity you showed me in the last six elections in the past eight years, end quote. Damn. And also, like, to be clear, the LDP is, as I mentioned, it has been, like, the ruling political party in Japan since, like, the 50s. I think they, like, dipped in power for a little bit. But, like, pair that with when the church got to Japan and just how powerful they became and then how they maintained their power. Like, you can kind of see how tied the unification church is with who gets to lead Japan, which is kind of fucked up. Yeah, definitely. In the months leading up to the attack, Tetsuya researched the ties between Shinzo Abe and the cult he believed to be the source for he and his family's troubles. The day before the assassination, he wrote a letter to a popular Japanese blogger who shares the stories of former Moonies. He explained his history and the issues that his family faced. He also expressed a desire to kill the entire Moon family, but then explained why that was an unrealistic goal. Um, He talked about his initial plan to murder Hak Jahan, who is uh, Sun Sun Myung Moon's wife and the new leader of the church, but then realized that it wouldn't accomplish the goal of dissolving the church. So he set his sights on the man that he believed to be responsible for allowing the Moonies to continuously prosper in Japan. He crafted a homemade gun, similar to a sawed-off shotgun, and traveled to the Nara Prefecture in the early hours of Friday, July 8th. And that is the story behind the assassination of Shinzo Abe. Oh my god, it is a um, depressing tale, to say the least. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And again, I don't want to I don't want this to come off like I'm saying like anyone deserved to die or um that it was deserved in any way. Don't kill people, please. Yeah. For the love of God, please don't kill people. But I and I I shouldn't have even said but cuz I'm not going to like take that back. It's just like I didn't realize how close these two things were related uh the the moonies and and sort of the assassination i had read that um you know the president had ties to the unification church and Mm -hmm. then uh i had read like some quote from some fucking news article i think it was like a vice article too where it was like the killer initially planned to kill hak jahan but then realized he couldn't so he went after an easier target but it was like no he straight up researched this and realized that this guy's family was instrumental into implementing the cult into japan and also that the cult may have been instrumental in implementing his family into power and then decided that it was a, a like a way for him to uh sort of get revenge and also like he talked about not being afraid to die if it meant saving people from similar problems that he had been facing uh with the church because you know right his mom fucking gave everything to the church and then continued to give shit to the church so i guess my takeaway is here don't murder first and Mm -hmm. foremost Mm -hmm. but secondly Mm -hmm. um we really got to fucking do something about the Moonies. Yeah. <sighs> so, anyway, how's your Monday? I hope you're doing fucking well. <laughs> oh, 
yeah. Uh, how was your Monday? It's yeah. I'm hoping better than this. Uh, maybe don't eat sushi today. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's the worst part. Is that like. I started digging, I saw the thing about sushi and was like, no fucking way. And started like digging into it and really just like going after it. And the more that I read about it, the more I was like, this is fucked up. This is awful. This is truly terrible. Fuck, I want sushi so bad right now. <laughs> Fuck, I, would, I don't, I don't uh, blame anybody for that. <laughs> I would literally kill somebody with a homemade shotgun for a fucking salmon roll right now. Here's what I want to... Well, and I guess this is probably the part we can't talk about. Like, I'm sure that this is not the part that they widely publicized on how to home make a shotgun. Uh, yeah, they didn't... Um, I did read... So, like, in that letter that he wrote to the blogger, uh, first of all... <laughs> The blogger didn't find the letter in his mailbox until like five days. It was either five or 13 days after the assassination, which has got to be like a wild ride for you, right? You're just like, <laughs> thing from the gap, spectrum. Oh, what's this now? Um, Should we be worried about the crazy emails we got a couple weeks ago? Oh, my God. Those were a wild Jesus ride. Jesus fucking Christ. So we got an email from... Okay, first first and foremost, just to wrap yeah, this up. Yeah, let me set the stage. Cult Podcast gets over 100 emails a day, yeah. minimum, on, on like off days. Some days it's way worse. And it's just the two of us going through them. We almost never get through all of them. It is tough, unfortunately. So if you have sent us something, I promise we're eventually getting to it. It's just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds a day and we both also have day jobs absolutely um, so this one stood out with a weird subject line <laughs> let me uh, let, let me read this to you because i have it pulled up right here this is from june 9th uh and it's the the subject line is inquiry slash breaking news and the email reads thusly if there was documented evidence in court that Jesus Christ, in quotation marks, by the way, that Jesus Christ is alive in the U.S. and being tortured, would you care to know before it's too late? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, so that's the that's the part that shows up when you like hover over the email. Yeah. Like, that's the first thing you read, and you're like, what the fuck? What is happening? He attached a Google Drive link, and then, please share, love, Jeremy. Which is like, <laughs> thank you, Jeremy. So obviously, you know, I click on the Google Doc. Uh, <laughs> he also, I should say, emailed us four more times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get. We had to like that. six or seven emails from the same guy. I'm gonna get to that. Let me, let me, uh, let me find this part because Who, uh, I'm also sure has never listened to the podcast. Oh, absolutely I not. I think he was just emailing out as much as he possibly could. And we were just on some list somewhere. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So my name is, I'm not going to read his full name. My name is Jeremy. I am an author slash musician slash advocate. Uh, and he's basically goes on to talk about trying to get uh, assistance from the Department of Justice, the Attorney General, the FBI, and many other authorities uh, because he... Uh, <laughs> He, he's been working a job that he was lured to do. He says that he's being stalked and abused. And then his dog was killed by his employers, which is basically like, this is John Wick, my guy. You're Yeah, yeah. This is a very weird screenplay pitch, but okay. Yeah. And then there's some more shit, blah, 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 blah. What has been discovered while writing my documents and researching why this quote unquote stalking is even occurring 
I have found that this is multi-generational stalking, meaning my DNA was stalked, my conception was arranged in an experiment, and I am personally the return slash resurrection of Jesus Christ. Which I, I do want to just put it out there. Clearly, this is someone who is suffering from mental, il- mental illness. Yes. Absolutely. And needs help. Uh, but the the like breadth of the delusion is so crazy. Yeah. And I, I obviously feel like the first time this was sent and I saw that, I was like, that's weird. I hope this person gets help and it's going to be right. fine. Um, And then they sent a follow-up email, which is basically, good afternoon, my name is Jeremy. Whether you took my last email to you seriously or not, the LGBTQ has declared a war on U.S. Citizens Plus. Yes. So. (laughs) (laughs) And and did you get... I, I, there's one email where Ireland is involved and I was like yeah, what they do yeah he's <laughs> I just oh my god there's more there's so much more um, so many documents basically like yeah I want I want him to get well and I hope that he finds the help that he needs and I hope that he gets his dog back but I also just like the rest of this is just like super weirdly like European racist where they're being racist towards yes. like other white other people. Other Europeans where it's very racist against the Irish, which I was like, I didn't think we were still doing that. I thought that was like, I thought we finished being racist against the Irish like 50 years ago. Yeah. But, you know, apparently somebody wants some lucky charms and they're serious <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. It's all like anti-Irish propaganda and then just like insisting that the LGBTQ plus community is uh, like the basically like the devotees of the Antichrist. It seems like if you yeah. read his writing, which, by the At way, these point, documents are like 57 pages long. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It's longer than a screenplay. I do remember at one point it was the feminist Irish cabal. Yes. <laughs> I was like, that's what, what it was. And I was like, it did Sinead O'Connor kill your dog? Like what <laughs> happened? <laughs> like what is happening? <sighs> um, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. So those, those kinds of weird emails. So now I got to take a look out for any time somebody gets murdered and just see Jeremy and just like, I, I got Google docs or Google alerts set up for like murder for Jeremy, Jeremy. <laughs> just to make sure that everything's fucking okay. Man murdered over box of lucky charms, LGBTQIA feminist, Irish cabal <laughs> suspected. We're like, Jeremy. Yeah. So, yeah, I uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is always check your emails um, and never give your parents the ability to donate money to anybody because your parents are dumb and wrong and you need to take away all of their money and spend it on us. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash cult podcast actually <laughs> to do that and help us support our show. Hey, guess what? It's me. It's your boy. It's Armando Torres. And I'm around. I'm doing stuff. Let me look at my calendar. Uh, when this comes out, it will be the 8th. Um, on Saturday, uh, the 13th, I will be performing at Vino Underground. If you want information on that, just uh, go to my Instagram, look it up. I got some other shows coming up. It's going to be fun. Um, I'm also probably going to get back into Twitch streaming, so that'll be fun. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash Mondo Does Stuff. You can follow me everywhere on social media at Mondo Does Stuff. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those fun things. Also, I just want to say... Uh, a special shout out and go listen to Head Down uh, by Mom's Home, a brand new banger of a track that just came out. 
Um, that's head like my head and down like the downward spiral I'm sent on by the LGBTQ Irish feminist cabal. <laughs> feminist Irish cabal. Uh down the way the doors close front to down yeah front to down like a star wars door exactly that's head down by mom's home there is a link in the description so go check that out um and uh yeah i love you and have a great day and don't ever fucking email me again bye uh hey hey everyone if you're listening to this on monday then Thursday, August 11th, I am roast battling in Sacramento at the Sacramento Punchline. It is a who's who of all of the like best roasters in Northern California. So like, if you have wanted to see me roast battle live and you're in Northern California, that is the time to do it. Um, I don't know when I'll be back up there again. I am battling in Los Angeles on the 23rd. So if you're in Los Angeles get tickets for the 23rd if you're in northern california get tickets for the 11th it's going to be a great show and if you want to hear more about it you can listen to me on all my other too many podcasts horror virgin romancing the pod uh black card rehab etc uh and you can follow me on instagram at rampage wesley tiktok at rampage wesley and twitter at page wesley and also follow john hinckley why not it's a fun ride hell yeah <laughs> and if you want to follow us on instagram you can at cult podcast or on twitter at cult podcast show you can also send us one of them their emails with a <laughs> 57 page document uh to cult podcast show at gmail.com and look if you're a member of the lgbtqia feminist irish cabal mm-hmm. can you send us one of your shirts and merch please we want to support go ahead and send that to <laughs> 3756 west avenue 40 sweet k number 237 like, like the, shining. the shining los angeles california 90065 and send us some of those lucky charms while you're at it uh and i think for this one i'm gonna say don't drink sushi it's a food you should Mm. be eating it not drinking it Mm. and also don't drink the kool-aid bye